Well, Matt, thanks so much for joining me. I know that we pulled this together a little bit quick uh, and interfered with, I think, some personal uh, elements in your life. In fact, uh, I want to start this by saying that when I asked you to join me for a fireside chat and you told me you were having your first ever baby shower, I saw that look on your face where it was like, do I tell my wife I'm getting interviewed on a fireside chat? Uh, I, can I still do the baby shower? And I could see your face is like, if the if Heather will agree to do it at the crack of dawn on Sunday morning, then I can do both. And there you go. Thanks. And so you two, you, me, crack of dawn had a chance to learn. Uh, I got a chance to learn about Forager. And so now I did a little research and I understand that uh, at a really happy time, I'm sure in your life, when you were $15 million richer, about March 27th, you were on uh, with Timothy Dooner, right? Do you remember that? And so I think that was a really great time in your life. That was at the beginning of the pandemic. I think you were working from home. Yeah, so the the conversation that I had, it was actually with Craig where we talked about uh, what life was going to be like going remote. And I think at the time we we had that conversation thinking about you know, what the next few months might look like knowing that we'd be back in the office by summer and now it's it's early september middle september and we are thinking about what it's going to be like in you know about a year from now when people are going back into an office and so yeah life is life has evolved a lot in the last six months well that's what i'd like to talk to you about because i think we've had a perfect chance you got captured and it was a really great interview and i encourage people to uh to listen to it uh, because i love the way we're talking about you've just got the money and let's do a little recap for some of our listeners. So I know you had 15 million and I'm emphasizing the US dollars because, you know, I'm up here in Canada. So that's like 40% more up here, but 15 million US dollars. Tell us a little bit about uh, that wonderful funding you got. Sure. So we've, we've raised capital three separate times. Uh, TFI International, fellow Canadians for you guys, uh, led our initial pre-seed round back in December of 2018 and then they were uh, participants in our seed round with Chicago Ventures in July of last year. And then U.S. Venture Partners led our 10, actually ended up becoming a $10.5 million Series A uh, that we closed out initially in March of this year, literally as we were going into in the work from home mode and, and dealing with the pandemic. So we've been fortunate to be able to add a lot of very uh, strong and helpful investors and are excited to raise the 15 million that we've raised so far uh, in USD. I mean, I think really kudos to Forager at that time because things were shutting down. the The whole transportation market was changing. There were there were pretty dire predictions about what was going to happen. And you still you raised your money, and I know that uh, as we go through this, you're going to talk about some great things that happened. But I think there would have been a lot of stress on you too because it's like 50 million comes in the door. The investors are looking at you. What are you going to do, invest in technology or invest in your people? And so tell us a little bit about your people so we can understand what that meant for you in March 2020. Tell us about your C-suite. Our, our team has evolved a lot uh, over the last two years as we've been building up this business. And it, it's just it's been a, just over two years since we started the company. And we've grown significantly. We've, we've added, uh, obviously, I have my two co-founders, Jesse, our chief operating officer, uh, and then Jordan, our, our VP of finance and analytics. And 
we knew going into starting this business that we couldn't build the whole thing ourselves and that we needed to recruit an amazing team to, to build up around us. And so we brought in our CTO early on last year, Matt Weber. He's been doing an amazing job of building out all of our tech. Um, we realized really, uh, I would say over the last few months, that there was a serious need for product leadership. Uh, he and I are both very strong-headed strong -headed about how we build out the things that we're building, but realized we needed a third partner to help us kind of extract those ideas and build them out and, and really create process. And so we had a Todd Detmold, our head of product recently, uh, and he came in from Hierology and had been at Groupon before that. And so bringing on some of that, that more SaaS background and the technical background and not just piling a bunch of freight people into our team. Then we have Danny Gordon, our head of sales, who comes from, uh, he was at Coyote as well uh, previously and had built out some SaaS leadership, some SaaS sales uh, strategies and structures at different businesses since then. And he's come in and implemented amazing go-to-market strategy and processes for how we actually build out the business. And then that team is really rounded out by by a marketing leader in Paige Lanasso, who's been phenomenal so far and, and continues to grow with the team. Uh, and and a slew of other teammates that that kind of head up the entire group. And so we've been able to build, build out a really strong team. Uh, we have a very diverse team. I would say across the entire company, about 37% of our group is considered BIPOC. Um, and while our, our gender balance is not where it needs to be yet, I'm proud to have one, I have a female co-founder uh, in Jesse, but that wasn't really, we weren't looking to check a box when I asked her to join me. But uh, we we want to continue to push the, the the balance of our leadership team a little bit closer to the middle um, in, in terms of both gender and diversity. And so uh, these next few hires that we've made, uh, our new director of customer ops that starts soon, uh, she's she's very excited to be joining us from the West Coast, and and we'll continue to to look to balance out the team as we keep growing. Well, it's interesting that you bring up gender diversity because it is difficult, I think, in the transportation industry to uh, come up with the balance. I know for me, uh, as a transportation attorney, I'd say 95% of my clients are male. But I had I had the opportunity to, make, to meet Jessie at an event. We were on a panel together, and she was my first introduction to Forager, and uh, real pleasure to meet her. And what she was telling me was, at the same time she had her son, was the same time she was growing Forager with you. And she spoke so highly of you and your support. And then I think you were telling me yesterday uh, she had a shower for you, for your firstborn. So, uh, and that's your first shower. As, as we're, Jordan and I are, are out going in and meeting with investors and Jesse's trying to create the entire business plan and organize everything while being, you know, at that point, nearly eight months pregnant. And then uh, she had William, her first son, probably three or four days before he picked up our first load. So, uh, She's done it all, and then on top of it, yeah, she managed to to find some time to to throw us a baby shower. So, um, amazing co-founder and partner and and teammate and uh, strong builder as we kind of move into this next phase of our business, becoming a little bit more of a grown-up company. And now I'd like it to move us more on the tech side because I agree, Jesse's great and she's ops, but uh, you told us a little bit about uh, the influence I, I think of SAS and. Uh, I guess uh, having someone come from Groupon would be very interesting because wouldn't that fit within what seems to be Forager's model? Tell us a little bit about Forager. I mean, I understand it used to be Forager Logistics. You've got a name change doing business as Forager. Tell us a bit about why someone coming from Groupon and the change with Forager would fit together. What, where we've been really fortunate early on is we've been able to add a lot of talent that have that tribal knowledge, that understand how to move freight. 
um, from all over the industry. We've had people that joined from failed freight startups to uh, some of the largest brokerages in the industry. And the reason why they, they left those places and they went seeking out some tech opportunity somewhere was because they were tired of that same old broker grind mentality that, that kind of play a lot of the time. And what the way that we have thought about building out the business has been very product-led in terms of being a product-led organization. And so Todd, he was at Groupon. They have a lot of kind of marketplace mentality or, or components to it. Hierology has been a bigger influence, I would say, on his career so far. And Hierology is, is a an applicant tracking system and a way to post your job postings. And I uh, the similarities between that, the way that I would think about it is no different that a company wants to be able to get a job posted on, on that platform, that a carrier wants to be able to post their available capacity in our marketplace, or a shipper wants to be able to get their freight covered in our marketplace. They're looking to be able to get a blast out to a lot of different companies to find a, a better rate, better service, better capacity, or for the carrier, better freight opportunities. And where where those things kind of start to to com- kind of merge a little bit is um, the uh, the desire to be able to expand that network beyond their own network. And so they're reaching into our network no differently than how any company that uses Hierology would use it. Um, they're reaching into those networks to be able to expand their own network beyond their, their, their own personal network. So it's interesting for me to hear you how you pulled it all together, because I know uh, as a transportation attorney, I see people who are looking at M&A either on the buy side, the sell side, and then I see brokers, I see tech companies, and they're all vying for the higher multiple. And it seems to me that with your background in Coyote, you might have just been pegged as a broker, but you've actually uh, structured Forger to be very different, maybe because it's the networks, or can you, can you explain a little bit about how now we get into the tech? How do we understand how you're a tech company, uh, but you're, you know, you're not really a broker? Give us a better understanding of how tech now relates to what you do. First off, I would say about a third of our people are are in our our technology side of our business. So whether it's engineering or product, um, within that though, it's it's all about the mentality. It's it's not thinking, oh, you know, how did we used to do this back in the day? Um, it's how do we do this differently now? And the research that we do a lot of the time is not looking at the big brokers and the load boards and the marketplaces like that. We spend very little time thinking about or looking at the other players in this industry and spend more time looking at marketplaces like Airbnb or eBay or Amazon and thinking about how those marketplaces became billion-dollar marketplaces where people could operate and function and, and, and be able to do what they wanted to do. And the beauty that I see in marketplace a marketplace in general, and specifically uh, the 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 more dynamic marketplaces, is that it allows people the ability to have a choice. And when you go into a marketplace, you go there because you're either looking for um, you're looking for a Michael Jordan signed rookie card, and you might go through eBay, and you're going to see a lot of different price variation. You're going to see pictures of the different items. You're going to see the the seller and the value of the seller, and do they have 500 ratings or do they have one? And you have the choice. You can pick the cheapest option on there. And for us, it's picking the cheapest carrier, the cheapest booking option. You're going to get what you're paying for, or you can pay for the more valuable, the the higher valued side of it, and you might get higher value from that. And so we want shippers and carriers to be able to have choice in what they do on a daily basis. And we want to position this technology as a way for people to grow their businesses. 
we don't want to be the broker that controls everything. If I wanted to build a brokerage, I would have taken one of the job offers that I had when I left the comp- when, when I left Coyote. Um, I had a very specific vision in mind, along with several other people here now, that what we want to build is a collaborative, open, fair, and transparent marketplace. And that means doing some things that a lot of other people in this industry are not going to appreciate. They're not going to like it. But uh, it's being built specifically for shippers and for carriers that are involved in cross-border freight. And that includes customs brokers, it includes transfer companies, it includes all the little nitty gritty that goes into shipping a load between the US, Mexico and Canada that you don't get from a typical platform that you would be accessing uh, currently. Well, let me pull you back for a bit because some of the people seeing this might be more on the tech side. And so one of the things I say to people who are new to the transportation industry is a broker is like a travel agent for the movement of freight. What you're describing is something that's completely different. It's almost that I can imagine, you know, you've got a shipper, you've got a carrier, you've got people shopping in the marketplace, you've got the goods. It seems completely different. And so what's the platform where you pull all that together? Tell me how you go from the concept of just a travel agent controlling all the movement of freight to something where you've got like a melee of different people with different interests all coming together. I mean, how is that done? Tell us about, I mean, you know where I'm going. Tell me about Scout. Yeah, so so Scout is is a an operating system. It's a platform. It's a marketplace. It's, it's got kind of a few different parts of it. So underneath it all, it's it's got the TMS component that is required to be able to make loads move from A to B, um, and to be able to invoice shippers for that, to be able to involve the the facilities, the customs brokers, the carriers on each side of the border. It's to pull all those parties online. It's to it's to actually execute that transaction. However, the marketplace on top of it that has a shipper portal where a shipper can get a rate instantly or it's got the the load board that we'll be launching in the next few months where carriers can log in and they can bid on loads. We want to take our hands out of that whole thing. We want to let them meet in the center and actually enable that transaction to happen. And so, yes, when you make the reference to the the old style of a travel agency, then the analogy is Expedia. Um, And and that's kind of that first part of what we're building is, is almost like an Expedia for cross-border shipping. But as as that kind of evolves, everyone thinks about kind of two things. One is they think about shippers for the most part. And two is they think about the shippers in the United States. And this week right now is appreciating truck drivers. And nobody ever talks about what truck drivers need and what carriers need. And carriers need a better platform to be able to build their business. They need a way to be able to better market their own business and to be able to to market their capacity. If you're a small trucking company that has 25 trucks and maybe you have 50 or 75 trailers and you love moving freight through Laredo or in and out of Toronto, for example, you need a better way to go find freight. And right now, you can go to DAT or Truck Stop in the U.S. to be able to try to find that freight. You might be able to go to Uber Freight or Convoy and get that freight or you can go to Coyote and C.H. Robinson, and hopefully their load boards will show you some freight also. But none of that is built for what you actually need, which is cross-border freight, and none of it is giving you tools that help you expand your business. Where we are focused, and I've I've developed this passion for carriers and for drivers based on my, my first part of my career at Coyote, is enabling trucking companies that are small to be able to grow their business and to be able to expand their network and their footprint within our our marketplace. And so TFI being an investor, we love having them as an investor. 
That does not mean that CFI, that Transport America, that all of their Canadian entities get first dibs on any of the freight that we've been building. So TFI is out of Quebec. That was one of your first investors, right? And so TFI is a very well-known carrier. Um, but let's let's take a step back because uh, I agree with you. It is uh, National Trucking Week, and it's been. I do want to take you back to the carriers, but just for some people who may not know, I think Forger has one specific focus, right? That's cross-border movement of freight. And you started in Mexico with Coyote, and now you're, so you go down south, you go up north, and that's the focus, right? Anything else in there? Is it multimodal or is it just truckload? Right now, it's only truckload. We'll add LTL and intermodal when we get a chance, but uh, for right now, it's fully truckload. If I take that sort of perspective and I think back to where you came from, uh, which a really great uh, pedigree, and now where you have us, you've explained a bit about Scout and the emphasis on carriers. Tell us a little bit, though, about what you can expect, because you told us it's a marketplace. Uh, we're coming down to our last few minutes. I'm a shipper. Tell me what I'm going to get. Top three things from Forager. You get instant pricing, something that you can't get from most other providers, especially not with cross-border freight. You get real-time visibility. You know where your truck is, whether it's in Oaxaca in the southern part of Mexico, whether it's in the GTA or the Maritimes or BC. Um, you have immediate and instant visibility. And on top of all of it, you have that tribal knowledge built in all of our tech that, that we've been spending the last two years pouring our hearts into. And so you get those three things back to back to back. So if I'm a shipper, can I see my load of tequila come across the border from Mexico in real time on a map? Yes, I, you're nodding yes. And I think, I think I read an interview with your CTO or a press release that that was just a new release you guys did in August. Is that, is that right? So that's one of the benefits for shippers. And then you talked a little bit about carriers, but give me the same thing, man. Three top things I'm a carrier looking at forager. Tell me. Carriers are getting quickly paid, so we, we pay within 21 days um, uh, as a standard. We have uh, next day pay available uh, with a small fee, but they get access to a load board or they will have access to a load board that has as much cross-border freight as they can possibly imagine. Um, we're still building out that network, and so volume will continue to be added on a weekly basis. And you get to deal with a team of people that understand how cross-border freight works. You're not calling some big broker that just happened to take care of Mexico or Canada because their customer asked them to do it. But as soon as there's a customs broker involved, they throw their hands up in the air. We are the ones that are stepping in and handling that problem if there's an issue there and making sure that they've got the resources needed to be able to build their business. I'm going to ask you a hard question. Uh, in your earlier interview, there was a discussion with the changes that were going to be coming. Were you going to focus on tech or were you going to focus on employees? And a discussion might have to do about a 20% layoff. So tell us, what was your focus, tech or sales? Uh, I mean, both, realistically. We, we've, we've needed to continue to build out our product. We've, we're up to five product managers right now. And we're rapidly trying to add more engineers to keep up with the, the amount of requirements that they're putting out. But we also built out a brand new sales team and, and have had an amazing uh, momentum being built by the sales team. And so it's, it's no joke when investors have asked if I, one, could build a tech company, and two, if you can build tech and the marketplace at the same time. It's a challenge, but it's something that we've hit head on and, and we've invested in both sides at the same time. Well, thanks a lot, Matt. I think our time is up and uh, nice spending some time at the fireside with you here in September. Absolutely. It was, it was, it was great getting to talk to you and uh, love talking about freight anytime you want to. Oh, that's great. Thanks a lot.